you for joining Talking About You with Estra. I'm Estra, your host. Due to the number of people each day involved in car collisions and current settlements or benefit distributions, if any, to policyholders, car accident concerns are important to learn about and understand. People involved in car wrecks often need more advocacy than received when dealing with insurers who prefer to keep policyholders in the dark about how processes work and what to expect. If you've been in more than one collision, there's still much to learn about the insurance industry, whether dealing with public or private companies. Today, let's look how employees can be tangled in a web of pain and suffering without recognizing the signs. When asking the important questions, it becomes clear policyholders would fare better with insurance civil rights legislation passed by Congress. Reason being requirements would be in a place to pay legitimate claims in a timely manner which prevents people involved in collisions from facing losses due to non-payment or delays. The amount of stress faced by policyholders because of unknown circumstances with insurers add to the length of recovery and less effective decision-making on their behalf. When insurers hold the financial card, so to speak, it places power in the hands and places policyholders in a subservient role. Insured civil rights legislation is an opportunity to balance the playing field and support equal power to both sides. Can Congress be convinced that Main Street is just as important as Wall Street in insurance affairs? The deals made under the table on the golf course, or at lobbyist dinners do not benefit policyholders but them. Until Congress becomes willing to accept the true plight of most insured, current insurance practices which have gone on for decades will continue. This means those seriously injured continue to live in poverty for not being paid fair and equitable settlements or benefits. How did policyholders' plight become so grim in some cases? Many programs started in Congress in the past and today often cite the benefits for policyholders. But do the names of these legislations actually hide true reasons for the bills in both the House and the Senate? Is this another tactic for hiding fine print in the hundreds of pages of the documents? And why is there so much lobbying by the insurance company and none that I know of for the policyholder. Is there anyone in Congress looking out for your interest, the insured? If you know of someone or an experience, drop me a line at info at estraseattle.com. That's I-N-F-O at estraseattle.com. This may be where the true problem lies. Policyholders need lobbyists for their protection. Perhaps taking a look at Wall Street and their relationship with Social Security may provide some additional answers. Why would corporate America want employees to apply for Social Security disability income? In most private employer insurance contracts, if disabled for more than nine months in most cases, employees are required to apply for Social Security disability if receiving long-term disability from an employer. The typical progression is short-term disability payments for six months, and then there is a small break between the short and long-term disability benefits, which, if not careful, means no income for that period, so be aware. 
And next is the application for Social Security Disability. Why doesn't your employer mention this action? Because it means they pay you less money. It also means if you are turned down by Social Security, they are able to justify the denial of their claim. Yet, being approved by Social Security Disability does not work to demonstrate your disability to them. It's kind of funny how that works. Also requiring employees to apply for SSDI, which is a short for Social Security Disability Income, can also cause chaos in the injured person's life due to greater lack, therefore causing insurers to make decisions which make life more difficult. But allowing employers the upper hand by using the fine print in the contract signed by employees. Yes, this is another endless list because many have perfected these tactics over the years, while most policyholders are encountering this for the first time. This may be the reason not mentioned until injured are close to applying for SSDI. How do benefits help or hurt employees? Everyone needs money in order to survive in this country. Without it, life becomes exceptionally difficult. In fact, ask most disabled people living in the United States on only SSDI, which is often the case. When employers evaluate how to get out of their contract with you and succeed, this places people injured in car accidents in a bad place. This is particularly true due to Congress allowing employers to get away with insurer contract clauses. This certainly hurts disabled and most have few resources or skills to recover from non-payments by employers. Imagine being sick or injured and only method of income has been taken away. What would you do? How would you cope? What if you had children to take care of and are the only breadwinner? On top of this, trying to pay for your own medical insurance due to no longer being employed. Most will certainly be thanking President Obama for the Affordable Care Act lower cost. It's funny how insurers don't like a fair playing field or to be held accountable. My perspective on the free market in Wall Street's case is synonymous with do what I want to do for me, not necessarily doing the things that are right. Notice how many insurance companies are opting out of the Affordable Care Act. When the money was rolling in, they loved it, but not when they're having to pay out claims. Yes, frankly, there is something wrong with our insurance industry today when there's no balance of what comes in, goes out, and the price is charged. Unfortunately, the only time we pay attention is when individually we are in a bad place. As citizens, we have to turn things around and begin to look at the big picture of what is happening to all of us and be a protection force together. Otherwise, we will continue to be picked off one by one after a car accident. When insurance works to protect injured and pay out claims shortly after a collision, it works well for the people. However, when they seek to keep what belongs to the policyholders, the hurt can be significant. There are several major parts which provide employers who are also your insurance company far too much control over employee claims. It's important to keep in mind that self-insured employers give them the last say over employment and insurance claims. The insurance companies are paying policyholders medical bills, which gives them power over those taking care of you. They can decide to cut off paying bills, 
require additional information from staff before paying it or downright make it difficult for you to get the care needed. This is also true about any other benefits under your employer's control. Workers rarely understand the maze about to encounter after filing a claim. There is a review process where a decision is made on how to proceed with your claim and a strategy to reach that goal. The contract is designed by employers and are building blocks designed to accomplish their task. Therefore, when reading employer ERISA contract, pay close attention to what is required of you and when. This will also provide a timeline to observe their behaviors and ascertain which track they are headed. Most importantly, have they become friend or foe? Also note points where switches happen, such as short-term to long-term requirements and review applications required from you. Often these review applications are used to audit your condition and find ways to get out of paying your claim. So pay close attention to what you place here and the contacts requested. They often use this information for surveillance in hopes of eliminating your claim. A clear view in the insurance maze makes it easier to see snares set before you to eliminate paying out benefits. And who benefits from this process? When employers and Social Security Disability work together for their interests and not yours, it's often devastating for the injured. In recent years, employers got out of paying benefits to their employees, leaving most sick or injured receiving only SSDI. And I suspect they have been working together for years. This self-interest has left insurers out in the cold with only the perception that in case of a calamity, they both would be there for the injured. 20% of the United States population deserves better treatment. The employers and SSDI have their advocates at the table. Policyholders need representation in these talks, too. Currently, Social Security is providing employer subsidies as if they needed more. If they would pay out employee disability instead of requiring injured to apply for Social Security disability income. Imagine how different the lives of the injured would have been in past decades if employers had been required to pay out benefits all along. Instead of SSDI carrying employers' loads, companies would have been responsible. How many disabled people would have avoided poverty? Imagine SSDI monthly claims being less each month and employers having to pay their full share. Why is Social Security just getting around now to asking employers to finally carry their share? In my opinion, because the burden of society has advanced to high levels and Wall Street didn't place profits back into communities to help others, but back into their pockets. Both actions have hurt the people who have trusted them, the injured, the true losers of decades of income that would have made their lives better. When employers and Social Security work together for mutual benefits, in most cases, this hurts the injured. Why? Because subsidies go to corporations and insurance premiums are paid to Social Security by corporations. The injured do not enter this cycle unless needing services, and when they do, they disrupt the pattern of money moving freely to both employers and Social Security. In my opinion, they both have a vested interest in keeping the money flowing without requests for claims. This is the reason why insured civil rights legislation is needed 
to become involved in this cycle and ensure both sides play fair and pay insured claims. Insureds are on the outside looking in, rarely having a clue for what they could be in for after applying for employer benefits under ERISA. Congress passed ERISA legislation which is supposed to protect workers, but does it? Not necessarily from my experience. There has to be a third leg to this cycle to protect you, the injured. Better to think about these circumstances before having to deal with your employer or Social Security disability. Most injured only figure this out when addressing the problem of a car accident. And by this time, the games have begun. Who is your best advocate until Congress passes insured civil rights legislation? You. Continue to call Congress at area code 202-224-3121 and let them know that you support insured civil rights. Stay safe, well, and determined. Thank you for listening. Remember that the 216 Car Accident Weekly Planner to help stay organized is available all year long in case you are involved in a collision. If you need help, please send a message to support at estraseattle.com.